Chapter Five of Juju by Murray Leinster. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five, as by magic. And it's in the house," observed Evan grimly. "A full-grown beast will weigh three hundred pounds, and he'd leave plenty of sign when he walked. There are no tracks leading away from here. Murray and I looked. Arthur was ashen as he stared at us. I felt rather shaky myself. The thought of a creature like that in the same house, with Alicia exposed to its insane rage at any moment it might choose to emerge from its hiding place, was appalling. The two ladies were in the large front room. I went in and remained with them, my rifle in my hand, while Arthur and Evan went over the house again. They had the dogs with them, and they went into every room and every corner ready at any instant to face what is possibly the most terrible of all wild beasts at close quarters a full-grown gorilla has easily the strength of six or eight men and in a confined space firearms would be almost useless i heard the dogs pattering all through the house sniffing eagerly everywhere they were taken but finding nothing again they seemed excited at the door of the storeroom and again they gave up the search after they had entered arthur joined me and alicia with discouragement on every feature he isn't here he said wearily and he is here he was here and he wasn't here i don't know where he is evan slumped into a chair though it was noticeable that he kept his rifle in his hands through the window came the menacing rumble of the drums from all sides i think said alicia with a ghastly attempt at a smile i think a fit of hysterics would be a relief she looked as if she meant it all of us looked thoroughly on edge to have hostile drums beating all about you and to realize that a hundred and fifty miles of jungle lie between you and the nearest help is bad enough in itself when you add to that the consciousness of having hidden in the same house with you a beast almost human in its cunning and fiendish in its hatred with the face of the devil and the strength of seven men hysterics seem excusable she did not give way however though we all felt on the verge of hysteria from the strain that day was one of the most terrible i have ever spent it was not that anything happened to make it terrible the strain came from the fact that nothing happened if the beast were hidden about the house it did not show itself but we did not hear a board creak or a curtain swish against the window without turning with a start prepared to face anything and to fire vengefully into a hideous furry form the bush outside the casa seemed to take on a threatening aspect the house was built on a small elevation and we looked for miles over the tops of trees broken here and there by gaps which meant the existence of clearings and open fields the treetops were dancing from the heat the sun beat down with fierce intensity blasts of hot humid wind blew upon us and scorched us but we paid no attention and always from the mysterious unknown and unknowable bush all around us drums beat and beat and beat tirelessly and ominously when one of us went back to get food for the rest he went with an automatic held ready in his hand and the other two were prepared at an instant to hear a shot or the snarl that would mean the reappearance of the gorilla we were doubly besieged by the natives without and by the gorilla within 
for fear of the natives in the bush we kept to the house for fear of the gorilla in the house we kept to the one room toward evening insensibly we relaxed no one could keep to such an intensity of attention as we had maintained during the day we ate a sketchy meal at nightfall and dragged two cots into one of the rooms adjoining the large front one in which we had stayed all day we explored the room thoroughly and alicia and mrs braymore went in to lie down none of us thought of taking off our clothes we three men prepared for a night-long vigil one of us would keep thoroughly awake and the other two would snatch some sleep as they could long hours passed we felt sure that some time during the night the beast would make his appearance i sat alertly by a window a dog at my feet listening to the night sounds outside and the ceaseless drumming that meant the juju councils were debating whether the blacks were sufficiently worked up to attempt an attack arthur and evan reclined in their chairs and tried to doze but there was little rest for any of us we could think of nothing but the animal we felt sure would make some attempt upon us during the night at one o'clock evan took my place by the window with the dog at his feet i sat in one of the easier chairs and tried to relax but it was impossible i was suddenly conscious of the overpowering heat and humidity i was bathed in perspiration i've got to have a drink i said abruptly i need it arthur looked up wearily we all need a drink he said it's in the back of the house isn't it we looked at each other uncertainly i'll go said arthur quietly i interposed we'll both go here in the light evan can see to shoot if necessary we'll use a flash lamp it was curious that neither of us cared to walk through three rooms and a hallway inside a house we had been in for days that animal had fretted our nerves badly slowly and cautiously we made our way through the dark rooms searching before us with the flashlight i can't speak for arthur but my breath was coming quickly and i heartily regretted having expressed a wish for a drink i would not back out now though we went cautiously and slowly out to the rear of the house i was in the act of reaching for the siphon of seltzer when we heard the dog scream in pain and a shout from evan we rushed madly for the front our hearts in our mouths and cursing our absence at such a critical time when we burst into the room evan was dashing out on the veranda and alicia was in the act of emerging from the room into which she and mrs braymore had retired alicia had an automatic in her hand and though her face was full of dread she was evidently prepared to face anything arthur and myself were quickly by evan's side and found him staring about the darkness his rifle half raised what is it arthur demanded quickly evan's breath was coming in gasps i heard you two moving he said sharply as one whose nerves are strained to the breaking point i heard a noise from your direction i turned to look at the door and caught a movement at the window by my side i jerked back and the dog screamed a long hairy arm had reached in the window and seized him he was drawn through the window before i could lift my rifle and the arm vanished it's the gorilla we listened but the house was still a faint moan came from the courtyard and i flashed a lamp down the dog flung bodily from the porch stirred feebly and stiffened its neck was broken 
there on the shadowed veranda with the bright african moon shining pitilessly down upon the hot dank fevered earth the three of us swore nervously while we stood with our rifles pointing in as many directions hoping even praying for that monstrous ape to rush upon us he must have gone somewhere said arthur despairingly where did the beast go into the house no said evan crisply under the house perhaps the roof perhaps we'll see my legs crawled as i descended the stairs to the ground the house was raised from the ground on piles and i could look clear underneath it the moon was shining down whitely and i saw the pillars silhouetted against the brightness on the other side half a dozen steps convinced me that the animal was not beneath it would have shown as a dark outline i tried to see up over the roof but could not the roof slanted just a little and i could not see the centre the house being on an elevation moreover prevented me from backing off and getting a clear view of the top i called up to the other two on the porch he's not under the house but i can't see the roof he must be there the tree trunks of the forest all about us echoed my words strangely i could see dim white blurs where the faces of the two brothers showed their position one of them moved oddly and in a moment i saw that evan was swinging himself up the pillar before him he grasped the edge of the roof and drew himself up in a second he dropped down again he spoke quietly enough to arthur but i heard his voice he's there squatting on the ridge-pole lord what a monster he is we must get the women out of the house said arthur sharply he may tear up the roof and come inside alicia she had heard and came quickly out mrs braymore following her we built a small fire to keep insects away from them and sat them on chairs while we patrolled the area around the house the drums still beat on all sides of us but they had been relegated to a minor position now we subconsciously counted on their remaining a potential menace only until they stopped or drew nearer the moon made the whole world bright and shining we could see clearly and distinctly nothing the size of a rabbit could escape across that stretch of sward without our observing it alicia and mrs braymore watched the fringe of the jungle while we posted ourselves so that not even a cat could escape from the house without being seen i leaned on my rifle near the two ladies my eyes fixed on the edge of the roof straining to catch a glimpse of the beast that squatted up there when i thought of it it seemed stupid of us not to have suspected that as a hiding-place before true it was in clear view of the sky but a beast cunning enough to creep about the casa at night as he had done might possess the intelligence to reason that there was the ideal hiding-place for him do you think there is any real danger from the natives alicia inquired hesitatingly when natives do inexplicable things it is usually juju i said grimly and where there is juju there is usually danger there is one thing that can be said though while a native is making noise he is rarely dangerous in bulk as evan pointed out they may simply exhaust themselves in yelling and dancing i do not think it would be wise to count on that however wouldn't it be the wisest thing to do to simply try to make our way secretly through the jungle to the nearest fort it would be impossible i told her frankly you don't know african undergrowth we might make four or five miles a day with luck 
and at any moment in the twenty-four the natives might trail us we'd have to make a new trail or use the native ones making a new trail we'd be followed and probably speared besides the fact that our animal friend would be haunting the treetops overhead waiting for a moment when one of us would be off our guard alicia shuddered but would you three try that if we weren't here she insisted i think we'd wade into one of those juju councils i remarked vindictively i know i'd gladly join such a party we'd probably appear as suddenly as we could and start shooting we might stampede them and a show of boldness would be our best play in any event of course if they rushed us we'd be out of luck you mean there would be four or five hundred of them and we might get ten or perhaps fifteen apiece they'd overwhelm us if they tried but the psychology would probably make us win out the fact that we were hunting them instead of their hunting us would frighten them couldn't you do that now i shook my head not with our friend the gorilla about and we wouldn't expose you two to the possibility of our failing there'd be nothing left for you but your own pistols alicia relapsed into silence i saw her brow knitted as she tried desperately to work out some plan by which we might fight the incredible circumstances in which we found ourselves overhead the broad moon sailed serenely across the sky shedding its rays impartially down upon us upon the shaggy beastly ape squatting like some demoniacal creature upon the ridgepole of the roof and upon yelling capering blacks about the great fires they would have lit for their juju ceremonies behind us the busy secretive life of the bush went on all the feedings and drinkings and matings and killings all the comedies and all the tragedies of the jungle things went on sublimely indifferent to our petty frights and fancies the jungle attended to its business ignoring alike our strained attitudes as we sat in the moonlight and waited for the sun to rise that we might slay a malignant ape and the yelling of self-hypnotism of the blacks as they danced about their juju fires working themselves into a frenzy of hatred against the white man at last the moon dipped down toward the west and the stars that had watched our vigil in mild blinking surprise grew pale at the signs of dawn the sky grew gray then white a high pallid veil hid the deep blue arch of the sky and turned slowly to golden yellow as the sun rolled up the mist curled aloft from the trees as the first rays of the morning swept across the land we became aware that we had been cold and that we now were warm we waited eagerly until we should see the roof of the casa and be able to pick off with our rifles the beast that lurked there morning had barely come when evan clambered cautiously to the roof of the servants quarters behind the house itself we had left several of the dogs shut up in the house during the night we knew that if the beast came down into the place they would make an outcry before all were killed at least they had made no sound but now one or two of them came out on the veranda wagging their tails amiably evan clambered to the roof of the servants quarters and arthur passed up his rifle evan stood erect and raised the weapon then he stopped from the ground we saw him looking blankly at the roof of the house from where he stood he could see it clearly his expression was at once amazed and apprehensive 
the beast had not left the house or we would have seen it it had not crossed the clearing it had not entered the house because the dogs were unalarmed it had not in any discoverable fashion escaped from its position astride the ridge-pole but evan told us and we immediately verified the fact that it was no longer on the roof it had not escaped to the jungle it had not secreted itself in the house yet the monstrous ape had vanished End of chapter 5